Welcome back to the KPO Podcast. I'm your host, Jagisha. This week on the podcast, we have USA Today bestselling author, Sharon C. Cooper. She is here to tell us about her book, In It to Win It. So let me tell you a little bit about Sharon. She writes contemporary romance, as well as romantic suspense, and enjoys rainy days, carpet picnics, and PB&J sandwiches. She's won numerous awards over the years, and when she isn't writing, Sharon is doing volunteer work. If you want to know more about Sharon, check out her website, SharonCooper.net, and some of the other books she writes are the Jenkins Family Series, Jenkins and Sons Construction, the Reunited Series, and Atlanta's Finest Series. She's got a, a long backlist, and I recommend checking them all out. But for now, let's get on with the interview. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Welcome to the show, Sharon. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So tell us about your book, In It to Win It. Spoiler okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> In It to Win It is slight a slight spinoff of my um, previous romantic comedy, Business Not As Usual. Any of your listeners who might have read that might remember um, Morgan Redford. She was the sister to the hero in that story. Anyway, Morgan um, is the youngest of three children, and Morgan kind of marches to her own beat, basically. Mm-hmm. She has grown up in a very wealthy family. Her father is an A-list actor. And so she basically has had the best of everything all of her life, but she desires to kind of, kind of make her own way, be her own person and not always live in the shadow of her um, A-list father and her socialite mother. Mm -hmm. And to do this, she has tried various ventures, everything from, um, uh, creating a pet hotel to cuddling, a cuddling service, a <laughs> professional cuddling service at that. Uh, both had actually failed. Um, and so now what she has done, um, she has co-founded a nonprofit organization uh, with her best friend. And their mission is to help teens who have aged out of foster care. It's very dear to her heart. So she really needs and wants this to succeed. And so one of the one of the I guess trials that she's going through is getting a facility or building large enough to house this massive undertaking so that she can also along with, you know, helping these teens get find jobs, get into great colleges, she also wants to provide temporary housing for them. And that's why she's really working hard to purchase this particular property. The -hmm. property is located in the heart of Hollywood. It has, she feels that not only could it provide housing for the clients that they work with, but also jobs because there are plenty of opportunities, uh, places they can work around it. Anyway, she knows the owner of this property and he's a family friend. Uh, eccentric billionaire and she feels like oh I have n- there's not there's no way she can't get this property but she finds out 
that he's not just selling the property. He has other ideas, how he wants them to go about getting it. And that includes a competition, kind of like an Ironman competition, if you will. And so they have to basically work for this property. And she learns things out that her ex, who she ghosted um, back in college, is one of the people competing for the property. Anyway, long story short, they run into each other, they bump heads, and they have to compete for this property that is important to both of them for different reasons. Morgan, Morgan is her name, and the hero of the story, who I absolutely adore, is Drake Faulkner. He is he's a, a real estate developer. He wants the property. I don't want to give too much away, but he the property is really dear to his heart. It's he feels it's like his birthright for many reasons. And he wants it. And he is determined no matter what to get the property. And he thinks she's no competition for him. But she brings her A game and she gives him a run for her for his money, literally. So I think it's a fun story. It's very cute. A very light read for, you know, readers who just want to kind of get away from their day-to-day life and just have a few laughs and just a real feel-good story. Yeah, I have to agree. So I read the uh, the Net Galley and I just had so much fun reading it. I was laughing out loud. I mean, the, oh, good. <laughs> the opening scene, uh, poor Morgan. I got to say, you're kind of mean to Morgan. <laughs> So she tends to, you know, <laughs> she splits her pants. I'm trying not, I'm trying not to give away anything, but the first scene, she splits her pants. Yeah. Trying to do something. Uh, so yeah, I was laughing out loud. I think the first several chapters, I think you poor Morgan just gets into one thing over another. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's how I wanted her character to be, you know, because she's, She's had the best life and, you know, on her own, she's trying to find her way, but she, you know, kind of gets into various situations and it's meant to, to, to offer some laughter and just some light moments in the, yeah, you know, that absolutely. we all need these days. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. So what inspired these two characters? You know, I'm a huge fan of second chance romances. And with these two, they were so young when they first got together. Mm-hmm. And Morgan was a little intimidated by Drake. He he had to grow up very quickly because he, um, because of the death of his parents, he had to gain custody of his twin siblings who were considerably younger than him. And um, he got custody of them right when he was, getting ready to start this next chapter of his life, going into college. He had received an academic scholarship, full ride to the college of his dreams. And then all of a sudden he had to um, take on the responsibility of raising twins because of his A-type personality, a little OCD. He was able to do it. Um, But during this time, he was dating Morgan, who was probably his opposite in so many ways. Mm-hmm. where she didn't have the type of responsibilities he had. She didn't have the one-track mind, the goals. He had goals, and he was determined to make meet all of those goals. And so she felt intimidated that, you know, she wasn't the right person for him to be the type of support 
he mm-hmm. needed. And so I wanted to kind of tell their story because I think we, you know, so many of us um, have responsibilities that we're kind of thrown into. And, and it's, you know, kind of nice to see how people, or in his case, how he managed to kind of pull himself up, raise two fabulous kids and still um, become a self-made millionaire. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to kind of tell that story. And I, I really wanted to shine a little light on teens aging out of foster care. Mm-hmm. Too often, they are just, once they are, once they hit 18, I believe they're still 18, then they're on their own. And if they have nothing, then it's kind of hard to, to get that start that they need to be productive citizens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have to agree. I'm so glad that you did because that is definitely something that I I've uh, run into before. Um, I've been yeah. I was very lucky that I had my two parents to support me, but I couldn't imagine not having that support network even at you know 18. You're legally an adult, but you're not really ready for for the exactly, program. exactly, exactly. You know, it was you figured they struggled, you know, as children, and then without some extra help, that means they might struggle, you know, just to get through adulthood or to be grown or what have you. Um, And so she wanted to be that conduit to help them Mm -hmm. um, get a good start, you know, get a good start into um, adulthood, basically. Absolutely. Yeah. Because they still need the support. They need, they need. Yes, definitely. 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 So now you said this is a, so this is a second chance romance and it's one of your favorite tropes to write about. It's also one of my favorite tropes to read. Uh, oh, good. Yeah. I love, I love second chance romances. I love friends to lovers and enemies to oh, lovers. Oh, that's so. my favorite. Friends to lovers probably is my favorite though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those are one yeah. of my, so what do you, is that what you love to read or what do you love to write aside from just uh, second chance? Um, I love, love writing friends to lovers. Mm-hmm. Um, I write in several genres. I also write uh, contemporary romance and romantic suspense. And so those particular tropes really play well in those uh, particular genres. Mm-hmm. And so I enjoy not only just writing in um, um, those tropes, I really enjoy reading them also. Mm-hmm. But I would, I would say second chance romance and friends to lovers are I mean, are like catnip for me. Yeah. <laughs> or like yeah. a better way to express. <laughs> yeah, me too. It's like, oh, second chance romance. I gotta read it. I gotta know. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> so in this book, what was your favorite chapter to write? Because then if I had if I get a vote, I would say it's the one, the scene in the restaurant when they go to have drinks. <laughs> That was oh, yeah. that was there were some parts of that um, scene where I literally laughed out loud while I was typing. You know, that's when you know it, it's like it's for me as a writer, it's the best time, it's the best, well, it's the most fun for me during those moments. Mm-hmm. And it's the scariest too, because just because I think it's hilarious, then I'm concerned, like, man, will anybody else find this funny? You know, I think it's funny, but then you worry that a reader might not find it funny but I thought it was fun that was such a fun chapter to write another scene um that I really enjoyed writing actually there's a few Mm -hmm. the one in a grocery store Mm -hmm. that was fun for me and then actually one with the twins um when Morgan goes to Drake's house for dinner Mm -hmm. um 
one of the twins prepares dinner for them and invites her over. And the other twin is not really feeling her because he knows that she ghosted his brother years ago. Mm-hmm. And he just doesn't want his brother to get his heart broken. Um, that scene was fun to write be- because it has some serious moments, mm-hmm. but it also had a laugh out loud moment towards the end with um, Aiden and a cupcake. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, that was fun for me because I could just totally see him doing something like that. He's a little jokester. Super smart, but kind of a um, he he provides a little comic relief throughout the story, and so mm-hmm. um, it was fun writing scenes with him and uh, where he was with Drake and, and and Morgan. Yeah, you know, I loved all of your secondary characters: Drake's siblings, the twins, uh, Izzy, Matteo, uh, and of course, you yeah. brought uh, Carter and Dreamy back for a little bit. So. Yeah. And Gramps. <laughs> oh yes, yes. I was just gonna say, and you got you got Gramps back, which was which yeah. was great. It was interesting after business night as usual. I received quite a few emails from people asking, um, "Will Gramps be? Will he be in anybody else's story?" You know, because they had such a good time reading him. You know, he was a fun character to write too, because it was like anything goes with him, mm-hmm. and so it made it so much fun to include him. Absolutely. So does Gramps get a book of his own? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, that would be hilarious. (laughs) I haven't thought about it, but I've learned a long time ago. Never say never. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because I feel like, you know, if you continued this series, it would be great. I mean, you still have secondary characters like Izzy and Mateo who could get books. Izzy, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they would be fun to write, whether together or individually. They were fun characters. Yeah, they were. They, yeah, they had, especially Izzy. I loved her personality. Mm-hmm. You know, she kind of, her and Morgan kind of played off of each other very well. Yeah, absolutely. And they're they're kind of an opposite attracts type of friendship. Yeah. And it's the same with Drake and, and Morgan, too. They're opposites. Uh, in terms of their personalities and how they approach their their lives drake's very definitely yeah he's very rigid and and morgan's Mm -hmm. more of a spirit yeah definitely and even when i was um planning or coming up with their character that was something i really wanted just so um because i i think all of us need that balance and i felt that mm-hmm. they balanced each other very well as far as their personalities and how they um approach life oh yeah definitely so uh tell us a little bit about your process how do you go about uh creating the story are you a plotter a pantser i'm definitely a plotter I have outlines for my outlines. <laughs> um, <laughs> don't always stick with them, but I have to have them in order to even just get that first sentence out there. And so my process, you know, my process is probably a little different than others. Well, maybe not. I usually start with, um, I have a notebook for every story I've written. And I start with, you know, just coming up with ideas as far, usually the first thing I know is their career or their uh, career, what they aspire to be basically. 
That's mm-hmm. usually interesting enough comes to me first. And then I do a character sketch for my main characters and then usually two or three of the secondary characters, especially if they play a large roles in the story. And that character sketch will have anything from everything from hair color, skin color, how they dress, um, what type of house or condo they live in, type of car they drive. It has practically everything. So usually before I start the story, I know the character Mm -hmm. and their likes, dislikes, hobbies, if they're pessimist or optimist, um, pretty much everything. And that usually comes from that character sketch. From there, I just kind of build the story. I brainstorm scenes, you know, what scenes I think would work for each character and how to bring them together and keep them together and things of that nature. So it's a it's it's kind of a lengthy process. It takes me a little while mm-hmm. to come up with a solid outline. Um, but usually I have to have a character sketch and some scene ideas before I before I work on the outline. I feel yeah. like I'm rambling. Forgive oh, me. Oh, no, no, no. I, I <laughs> love it. I love I love learning about the process. Everyone's different. I love how author, every yes. author gives me a different answer. So I love yeah, it. I bet. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because the majority of my friends are um, pantsers. Mm-hmm. And so that, you know, conversations are kind of hilarious where I could tell them everything they want to know before I start writing. And they're like, eh, I'll tell you more about it in a couple of weeks when I figure out which way I'm going and you know so it's fascinating actually so do you find that you stick to your outlines or do you find as you're writing the outline changes quite a bit when I first started writing I started writing 10 years ago I stuck to my outline religiously (laughs) I mean I was afraid to veer off now I do the outlines and um if the story, you know, feels like it needs to go in a different direction. I'm not as rigid as far as, so I I guess to answer your question, no, I don't always stick with the outlines now, but probably 75% of the story is true to the outline. Has there ever been a, you know, you had an outline or you had an ending plotted out and then it just went completely different. Has it completely surprised you ever? Yes. Yes, not with this story. This story, mm-hmm. I pretty, I pretty much stuck with. There is a few things I might have taken out or added, but for mm-hmm. the most part, this story really was true to the outline. Um, but in other stories, you know, the stories change so much throughout, and it changes the ending. And then, and usually, it's it's for the best that I do change the ending because the story has changed so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't happen all the time, but it has happened. And for the most part, I think it was for the best. You know, the ending did change because so much of the story changed. Yeah. Yeah. So now you said you write contemporary and also romantic suspense. So what made you sen- uh, decide to write a romantic comedy? You know, I had this idea. And when I, when I first came up with the idea um for dreaming story actually mm-hmm. i saw it actually as a romantic suspense but as i was talking about various elements i was sharing it the idea the initial ideas it changed considerably from the very first idea i was talking with some author friends over lunch 
And I was, you know, tossing out what, you know, the ideas for this character and the story. And they were laughing, you know, because they saw some of the things I was thinking about putting in the story. They thought it was funny. And they just assumed that I was going to, you know, try my hand at romantic comedy. And I was like, no, it's supposed to be a romantic suspense. <laughs> but after listening to them, they're like, oh, you could do this. Or how about this? I totally see this. And I'm like, you know, maybe this isn't a romantic suspense after all. Kind of thought about some of our conversation over lunch and kind of did some tweaking to my ideas. I hadn't put anything on paper yet. So it was at a good, a good time to, to hear what they thought. And then I was like, maybe I will try romantic comedy. And of course, the story changed like 100%, you know, going that direction. And then, but once I started working on it and laughing out loud myself while writing or plotting, I was like, okay, I might be onto something here. That's how it happened. I just kind of stumbled into it, basically. Yeah, well, you know, you have a knack for romantic comedy. I mean, it's this oh, book. thank you. Yeah, I mean, I was laughing throughout the book. I mean, and and just, you know, oh, eight, all the characters, Grams, Aiden, uh, Morgan. I mean, they were, you know, they're all doing, they're just trying to live their life. And yet they're hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm really glad you, you had a few moments of some laugh out loud moments. Because as a writer, you just don't know. What's funny mm-hmm. to us might not be funny to a reader. And so that's that's some wonderful feedback. I'm glad you, you know, if nothing else, you know, had some mm-hmm. laughter that day. And oh yeah, I mean, I, I I threw this book. I was like, okay, I I, I was look going going through the book because I wanted to finish it before this interview. And so uh-huh. I'm like, okay, let's let's go, let's go. I and I yeah. So I think it. I read through it very quickly. It was good. Okay. It was an yeah. easy read for you then. Easy read, and I just did not want to put it down. So I wanted oh, to know good. what happened next oh, and, you know, I wanted to know what happened, you know, towards the end and, you know, the competition is happening. So, yeah. Uh, so oh, all those things. I'm glad. I'm glad it was an easy read. <laughs> so are you working on something new? Oh, I'm always working on something. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a couple of projects at different stages. Um, I have some collaborations coming up. And so I'm working on those projects. Um, yeah, I'm always working on something. Right now I'm working on a contemporary romance to go with my Jenkins family series mm-hmm. and my Jenkins and Sons construction series. So that's what I'm working on in this very moment. I don't have a deadline, so. Okay. All right. So the last question, one that we ask all of our authors is, uh, what are you reading or what do you recommend we read? Oh, wow. Um, What am I reading? I'm reading, actually, I'm reading a romantic suspense, and I'm trying to think of the name of it. It's by Katie Bruce. She's one of my favorite romantic suspense authors. And for the life of me, I just cannot remember the title at the moment, but it's the latest book by Katie Rose in her Redstone series. Okay. And what was that other question? Oh, what am I just, reading? either what are you reading or what do you recommend we read? Like something that oh, you really okay. loved that you want, you think that the listeners would love to read? Yeah. If your listeners enjoy romantic suspense, I say read anything by her. She's mm-hmm. a very entertaining um, author. Her suspense are suspenseful, but not real heavy, not thriller-like. 
easy to get into. Mm-hmm. And it, um, her stories are really good at kind of taking you away from your day to day. Her books pull you in and you just kind of follow through somebody else's life for a few hours. <laughs> Very nice. And actually, I have one more question because I meant to ask this earlier. Okay. Um, what got you started into writing romance? Did you, you said you started 10 years ago. So were you always writing romance or did you start no. a different genre? Actually, I was a sheet metal worker. Um, I worked construction for years. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Talk about going from one extreme to the other. Well, is that that's and, probably why construction's in your other book, your Jenkins constructions. Exactly. Yeah. So um, if that was a natural, uh, I won't say a natural progression, going from construction work to writing about construction work. But um, in between time, I ran a couple of business. Um, I come from a family of entrepreneurs. The writing didn't come about until probably 11, 12 years ago. Um, because I used to write, I was a grant writer for, um, for years. And so I was more of, of a business person. And then I met, and when I was in college, was, while, I was, uh, while I was working construction, I also was working to get my um, bachelor's degree in business. And I had this professor, really cool lady. Um, and she was just everything I thought I wanted to be. She was jazzy, real sharp, super smart. Just, she walked around like she owned the world. And now, you know, as a a college student, it's like, oh yeah, when I grow up, that's how I'm gonna be. And I found out she enjoyed reading romance novels. So since I was planning to be her when I grew up, (laughs) I started reading romances. Um, The Brenda Jackson, Francis Ray, mm-hmm. um, the list, uh, Maureen Smith. I was devoured. I devoured romance novels because she would read two or three a week. So did I. Mm-hmm. And before long, then it was like, okay, you know, after a few years of reading, I, was like, I wonder if I could write one because I had some ideas mm-hmm. and it wasn't like I found a book that had those ideas. So I figured I'll try writing one. And that's how it kind of started, you know, just the idea like, I wonder if I can write one. And the first thing I actually wrote, though, was a children's book. Mm -hmm. And it was called, um, But I Washed My Hands Yesterday. (laughs) And that came from, that came from my um, parents owned this pretty large child care center for about 20 years. And um, the last 10 years of it, I ran the, the center. And you would be amazed at some of the things kids said. Kids would say, like, but I already washed my hands this morning, you know. <laughs> and it's like three o'clock in the afternoon. And so then the, the story idea came and I was like, I'm gonna write this children's book. And I wrote the children's book. It didn't go anywhere except there was a, a company that um, supplied plays for elementary schools they were interested in it. So I turned it into a play and it sold like within a week. And then, yeah, so that was my first um, attempt at becoming a published author. And then I figured I'm going to try something that I really enjoy. And that's where the romance came in at. I know that was a long drawn out explanation. (laughs) No, that's fascinating. You went from construction to writing romance. I I love it. (laughs) That's great. 
Our guest today is Sharon C. Cooper, and her book, In It to Win It, is available right here at the Kirkwood Public Library and wherever funny, laugh-out-loud books are sold. Sharon, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It was my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Well, that's our show this week. Stay tuned next week when we have author Amy Reichert to talk about her book, Once Upon a December. I'm going to leave you with a quote. Since Sharon's Cooper is a romantic comedy, I think I'm going to leave you with a funny quote from an unknown source. I want someone who will look at me the same way I look at chocolate cake. Thanks for listening. Please stay tuned next week.